Austin. Right. It, it is John Tavares watch day. Uh, no. Um, I think Sportsnet is very, very fortunate that the Blue Jays just finished the series in L.A. Because I doubt Rash Madani would have been standing six <laughs> hours outside of CAA Sports to. I, I love Tim and Sid. Um, that was that was one of the best segments they've had, I think. In a long time. Where it was time. just. Yeah, it was just a rash posted outside the CAA buildings with a camera and a mic. And I, to- I told you my favorite part of it already was the uh, SUV pulled up and the a rash decided to ask them if they were part of the John Chavera sweepstakes. And it's a big building, so they weren't. And it was just like this really awkward moment, but the ballsy move to just stick a microphone in a guy's face. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, when it's a live shot like that, you, you can't... You can't oh, yeah. pass up that opportunity. So bravo no. to Arash on that one. Um, yeah. <laughs> just another thing he can check off his list, I guess, even though some people are not the biggest fans of his. That's totally their opinion. But I think, man, um, all, all we know is they were there. The Leafs brass was there. Like, you know, they brought the, the three big guns, which was Shanahan, Dubas, and Babcock. They went in. They were there for a couple of hours, two hours, I think they said. Yeah. We don't know what they did, what they said. Um, all that Dubas did was say, "Would love to talk to you, but I can't now," and goes into the black into the car and drives back off. Even mm-hmm. if he could, even if he had time to talk, do you think he was going to talk to the the media? I think it was just irrational. No. I think John Liu from TSN was there as well. Yeah, he was uh, tweeting live, so, which is a little more odd because John Lou's a, a Habs beat reporter. Well, maybe he maybe, most certainly not in the sweepstakes. Maybe they thought, maybe they planned this before, thinking that the Habs and the Leafs were going to be there. Maybe, or maybe TSN just figured, you know, John Lou was John Lou was probably out there for the draft or in that area, and then could just fly out. Yep. I'm assuming he did some stuff for TSN and the Habs, I didn't. I don't know how their draft coverage was, though. I uh, didn't. Well, they had McKenzie. Ah, darn. Um, who? Uh, Rashog was there, and I can't. Yeah, I I, uh, I was I was phone watching for draft night. Was, I do all the draft coverage and then have dinner on the draft night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You picked the Classic. great best night to have a birthday. Yeah, man. So happy, bl- right. happy belated on that part. But I already said happy birthday Steve. on the day anyway. So. Um, dinner was good though, so can't really complain. Uh, <laughs> just before we get more into the uh, Tavares stuff, um, Fred Van Bleet did not win the Sixth Man of the Year award. That did go to Lou Williams. He'll get compensated with cash. He'll he'll be just fine. Yeah, I don't think uh, I don't think Van Bleet is going to be too upset about that. Um, no, so. This is this has probably been the most intriguing off season when it comes to a free agent since. I, I, I and what I mean by that is teams going to meet the free agent and doing this whole process. I think since Brad Richards, I don't know if you remember. This would have been when he eventually signed with. I want to say the Rangers. Because he left Dallas. He was with Dallas. Then he left Dallas and he signed with the Rangers. But it was the Rangers. It was the Leafs. I can't remember how many other teams. But I remember the Leafs went into that meeting. And uh, yeah. So that's my sense. I know some people are bringing up the whole Steven Stamkos thing. And I think the situations with Stamkos and Tavares are very similar in the fact that uh, many are expecting him to go back to the Islanders, although at this point it's a toss-up. I, I think the odds of him returning are a little bit less now. Um, it, it feels a little bit less because he actually went and listened to offers from other teams. Obviously, uh, you said Richards. I mean, Stamkos never got to the point where we were yeah. actually having a sweepstakes for him. He signed pretty yeah. – I think. I mean, the teams were upset about it, but I he never think... even got to this point. I think Stamkos only took a couple of meetings when he did his. I don't remember. 
I know the Leafs were one. We know the Leafs were one, but I don't remember what the other teams were when Stamkos went out. Like, it, it, no. this this was him wanting to stay in Tampa, looking at other options, seeing what may have been out there, but ultimately deciding that, and probably more rightfully so, was that Tampa was still the good spot. It's not like the Islanders and Tavares, where I feel that they're they're not in a good position because look they yeah they may they i i like their draft i like what they did some players fell to their laps um for sure but they haven't addressed the goaltending situation and they lost probably the biggest available target well the highly debated highly rated target in grubauer um yeah we still don't know how they're going to improve the team around Tavares. I mean, yeah, the the Islanders eventually figure things out a bit offensively. Barzell helped that a lot, but the arena situation is still a mess um, for the most part, especially for the next couple of years. And they're they're they yeah, Barry Trotz might help, but there's just so many things that are going against the Islanders that are helping. There's that is. Sorry, let me rephrase that. There are more things going against the Islanders than I think that are helping them. It it really helps the other teams, the fact that the Islanders um, announced... What was the split of games they're doing? Is it 20 at Nassau this season and 21 at the Barclays? I think, yeah, it's like almost like a 50-50. Like that current arena that was supposed to be the saving grace to their franchise or at least like a bridge over to the next thing is such a dumpster fire that they have to go play in their old rundown arena that has no renovations to it. And I think that only can hold 12,000 people. Yeah. Like, like what does that say about the team that they have to go revert back to their old arena that they moved out of because it wasn't good enough. I I just, I don't understand what this, this whole Lou Lamarillo thing, such, such a, I don't think I've ever seen such a, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Just a team that's been is so desperate to get something like to get Tavares to stay. It just I think it just looks worse that when you have to do all this stuff just to get the guy to stay, it just shows that your team yeah. has so many things going against the against this team. It's like it doesn't even matter who's running it. Like, to, like, yeah, Lamarill can't fix the Barclays Center. He might, he might think he can. I don't think he thinks he can, but let's give the man a nail and hammers. He'll be fine. Us old Italians, we know how to get the job done. Okay, don't, yeah, don't, yeah. don't worry about hey. it. Okay, um, but yeah, okay. Well, tr- is Trotz a better coach than Doug Waite? Probably, but Tavares also liked Doug Waite, so you kind of now it's very Trotz. So yeah, so. That's that's the it, other. They thing. had a they had a hell of a draft, man. I mean, that, you want to talk about a great draft? Lou had one, and it might not have been Lou. Obviously, it's the scouts, but my God, they've had some great players fall into their lap. And you can't like that's at least that will help set them up going forward. Um, but I I just I just still don't think. Um, I it's everything's going against them but it's it's what we said on our last podcast with Jake I mean hockey players don't have I don't want to say the guts because that just seems like I'm slandering a lot of these guys no I don't and I, I think I know I'll let you finish they, but no I don't think they that. have that loyalty to them where they are not going to leave their draft team it's not in their in their genes to want to leave unless they give them a, a really good reason that they need to leave it's I think that I think what you're trying to get at it's the pressure that gets put on them when they leave yeah. is higher than when they stay. Other than if they take, like, look, are, is anybody talking about how Stamkos is no longer, I don't think, the head guy in Tampa anymore? I'm pretty sure this is Kucherov and Hedman more than it is Stamkos. And arguably Vasilevsky. And Vasilevsky. Like, um, he even took a hometown discount to – and to help them sign headmen and do some what, other What stuff. I'm getting at is players in the NHL don't want to be looked at as the bad guy, a la Kevin Durant is the easiest one to it's, draw it's the comparable culture. to, or LeBron. 
it's yeah. it's it's the culture that they've been that they've been brought up in. It's not about them. It's about yeah. the team. That I think that's name, your name on the front, not on the back. That's the yeah. perfect way to describe this. Yeah. And look, and sometimes I think that's probably where the NHL is lacking. Like people talk about PK Subban and how he has fans love him. Some people in NHL don't. And why is that? Because some people think PK is all about PK. I disagree with that notion. I think PK loves PK his play- is, teams. Yeah. But, selfish guy that only cares about himself and uh, does this and that and but also has bad him. character and isn't good for Montreal. By the way, did you happen to see who the Montreal Canadiens are trying to sign today <laughs> on the topic of bad character? <laughs> oh, Noted uh, spousal abuser, Slav Avoyanov. Talk about bad character in the locker room. Poor Omar. You I'm... can beat your wife, but heaven forbid you give $10 million to a children's hospital. A good, a good, you know, a good friend of ours, Omar White, has the unfortunate. Well, he kind, he asked for it <laughs> unfortunate. himself. Unfortunate, he gets a lot of clicks off of this stuff because it is gold. At the same time, I can yeah. say for I, I was, I was working with him on a winning habit for a couple months, and let's be honest here, Habs fans really, really like to talk about their team. So they do because there's a lot of bad. It's stuff. hard. It's hard to talk about this stuff, but it's not when you see the product and how many views it's getting. Um, you want to talk about things to talk about. The Toronto Raptors have officially fired from their team <laughs> the NBA coach of the year. Can we can we take a break from Tavares? I love it. So <laughs> this is this is funny because I just got the news alert from the score. Do you want to yeah. know? Do you want to know how they've headlined this? I don't look at your phone because you probably would see it on your phone. How do you think they would have headlined this Dwayne Casey news? Uh, I don't know. Pistons Dwayne Casey wins Coach of the Year award. <laughs> I love it. They're not wrong. Um, he is currently the coach of the Pistons, but he did not win the award. There's two routes you can go there, though. It's either former Raptors head coach or Pistons head coach, so it makes sense. Because you can only use the former if he doesn't have a job. It's just a weird headline because of the circumstance. Um, I'm actually texting our friend Jose, who works at the score. Um, uh, uh, I'm going to just give him a little troll tweet saying, why is it the Pistons mentioned with uh, Casey's name, Casey's award? I'll say that. I actually want to know how other, I want to see how other, other news outlets break it too. Um, but yeah, they're just going to absolutely rip the Raptors. I can tell you. Yep, uh, they definitely will. Uh, so, Dwayne Casey, congratulations, Raptors fans. Yeah, really. It. You know what? This is a point where you just have to say, I still think it's time. It was time, but doesn't make it easier. Twitter's gonna have a field day with that one. Oh but, yeah. Well, we know we knew it was coming, so can't really be upset. Yeah. But okay, let's get back to Tavares because yeah. <laughs> take um, a brief Raptors break right in the middle of yeah. our Leaf talk. And I love talking Raptors, but that's yeah, well, it's right only, in the middle of the NBA this, awards, so we kind of this have is to. the only news the Raptors have coming out right now. Let's be honest. Other than the, um, I wrote about it today. The they have apparently, well, hasn't been made official. They have signed a new assistant coach, their lead assistant coach. But yeah. again, it's a rumor. That's pretty much the only news we're getting out of Raptors camp. That's not what people are expecting or wondering that the team is going to do. They're looking at what the roster is going to look like. So until that happens, Raptors, Tavares is, uh, yeah. Um, I got So yeah. our other buddy Alex is saying, yeah, he coaches there now. I said, yeah, I'm going to say, yeah, he coaches there now, but yes. didn't win the, but wasn't. Yeah, there. he's not wrong. That's what yeah. I would do. Current Pistons head coach, not current, but I would do the same thing because it's just makes sense. Um. Yeah. Okay. Uh. So let's get back. I think what's different about the Tavares one too is how many teams and which teams. Sorry, not how many, you can have a lot of teams interested. It's the teams that are that are interested 
and that are apparently the front runners. Right? So I'm I'm right now on the score website, which is weird. I don't often go on the score website on my computer. I'm usually on it on my phone because that's probably one of the top sports apps, I think, in North America, if I'm not wrong. It's uh, the second largest sporting application uh, I would in North America, I would assume, behind ESPN. Yeah. But I could be wrong. This I know is, it's second best. By the way, this is not a sponsor. Pretty message. damn good for a Canadian company, yeah. <laughs> this is not We're a sponsor. Just give them a quick message. shout out. Quick shout out. Because they break a lot of news, and we we do know a lot of people there from our program. So we have friends, but uh, we are not we are not in charge of giving them free ad space. Yeah. Anyhow. <laughs> yep. Exactly. Um. So, the Dallas Stars are number five on the score. And if you want to look at the scores, top list of suitors for Tavares. The Dallas Stars are number five. They have cap space. I don't. I'm not too sure. Familiar with what tech, what the Stars have to do in terms of free agency. I think Sagan needs a new deal eventually. So first that's... thing they need to do is dump Jason Spatza because yeah. that contract is a burden. Yeah, it's, I think you can't have a seven million dollar center to pair along. Who produces with... what he produces? Yeah. I mean, you can have a seven and a half million dollar center, but he—I don't think—I don't know the exact game totals, but I don't think he played as much as he should have last year. Probably, yeah. Yep. Like he didn't play the full eighty-two. You know, he didn't. So I don't know. I but I—I said to you in our chat yesterday, wouldn't that be incredible? The just how good that team would be up front. They, they would be a playoff team for me. They've got, what, Radulov, uh, Tavares, Sagan, and Ben up front. Then they have, uh, what's his name, Jan Klingberg, John Klingberg, rather, at the back, and then Ben Bishop and Nett. It's a pretty good core. It's it's a good it, – I don't know if that's – got to be careful here. I don't know if that's an, a team that I would be too concerned about, considering how they were defensively, and Ben Bishop yeah. is – one little bump away from getting injured. That's the one thing is they would need to be better at the back end, but they're not, that's not a complete deal breaker. When you look at who you'd be playing with, I mean, is it much worse than what Tavares was playing with in New York this year? That's, that's also true. Um, they, John, I'd take John Klingberg over any of those defensemen on the Islanders personally. Okay. That's, that's fair. And, and, and they have, they also have Heiskanen coming up. Uh, they have Julius Honka. I mean, they have pieces. But I do. Jason yeah. Spetz is going to be a real deterrent and trying to sign him because they got to get him under cap. They do. They only have ten and a half. Uh, sorry, they have as of right now they have nineteen point eight million. So they could sign him and still have cap space. They probably oh, wow. could make it work. The one thing that, and this is where you bring up Jake, because Jake would uh, would immediately bring this up. Is the lack of income tax on uh, on players? So yeah. that's that's why Spezza is it, is it I, zero in Texas. Um, it all it just all I know is that there is a lack of income tax. I don't know if it's a zero or um, probably not. Making me do research like under ten. <laughs> yeah, well, sorry, I didn't know we were going to Dallas. Well, I told you that Dallas was a... Yeah, yeah, I know, I know, but I didn't know we were going to break down all the teams. I didn't know we were going to get into tax and whatnot. Um, Oh, okay. So here's an article from uh, the Toronto Star from December. Uh, Teams in Texas, Florida, and there's a Florida team we're going to get to next. That's pretty much almost giving it away. But teams So teams in Texas, Florida, Nevada, and Washington State may become more attractive destinations for free agents following the enactment of the tax law changes. Ooh, nice. What are these changes? Deductions for state and local taxes are capped at $10,000 in the year starting January 1st. So I'm pretty sure this means January 1st this year for married couples filing jointly. Well, I think Tavares is getting married this summer. So um, there's that. That has a huge impact for athletes with seven and eight figure salaries. Uh, obviously, yeah. the zero income tax states have now more of an advantage than before. 
Uh, this was a quote from Scott Boris, who many of you know <laughs> very much too well if you're a Blue Jays fan. I understand tax individuals, <laughs> but have rarely thought it was outcome determinative in where a player signs. That's baseball commissioner Rob Manfred. So, uh, let's see. Yeah, so it, this, I mean, they go into the whole I, whole deal about how it works. Pretty much, yeah. um, New York it's has a lot of fun. New York's taxes are high. California's taxes are high. So that's that goes against the West Coast teams like you know L.A., San Jose. Um, yeah, and 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 I'm not gonna, I'm not going to whittle around it. Toronto, Canada, Ontario, especially. Shit not fun on taxes. Yeah, terrible. Pretty bad. That's why. But but look, again, if you pay a guy fifteen million a season. I don't think he's gonna be. Uh, actually, sorry. I'll retract that. You're you're. He's That's gonna get a seven year deal. I think eleven is the number. Eleven to. Like, I think the rumor contract extension was eight eighty eight from the Islanders, which is eleven million a season. Let's yeah. say you even Pretty go. Good. 12 million uh over 7 years. I think that's mm-hmm. the max a team is going to offer him. I if a team offers him more than that, either you've got money out of the wazoo, you're getting rid of a lot of contracts or you're going to have a hard time building a team around him. Yeah. So in the Leafs case though, it's not going to stop at 11 12 million. It may be let's say they say 11 million dollars. It's not going to stop at eleven million. Let's be real here. Not only is he going to get the salary, he's also going to get the endorsement deals. Uh, he's going to be a very wealthy person. Uh, there, they kind. Do you know who Austin Matthews' new sponsor was? I think it started last year. Scotiabank. Uh, Scotiabank, yeah. Do you know? how much money Scotiabank put up for the new, and we talked about this, I think in the last podcast, how much they yeah, put up in the arena deal. Um, I don't think there's any, any shred of, shred of a doubt. Pretty sure that's how you say a shred of a doubt. Um, that Tavares is going to be offered a partnership with Scotiabank or Canadian tire. I can name off with just easily how many, partnerships the Leafs have that they will exploit to get this to get to yep. to realize the oh, financial I mean, opportunity it's a it's a given if he comes to Toronto because he's a hometown kid he's going to get a lot of money from a lot of local business yeah oh yeah uh it would remember what the I fanfare mean, was like when David Clarkson got signed yeah imagine Ty Domi's been retired for how long he's still got endorsements going on yep uh con what Comcast is his big one Conwave? Uh, it's it's Comwave. yeah, Conwave. I think it's Comcast is American, so Con Conwave is. Uh, he's you on look all the at, You look at Matt Sundin. He's got that poker deal in Toronto. That's why he came back. <laughs> Leo recently. Vegas. So uh, good. I think that's a Toronto. Well, well, it's, maybe. It's also because it's, of his it's market. It's place that wanted Matt Sundin, so you would think. It's also because Matt Sundin played in Toronto. I think his 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 platform got elevated more than let's say he was still in Quebec. Yeah. Um Let me think of. I'm trying to think of other teams. I know Wendell Clark has his his restaurants. Like, do you think Wendell Clark would have people running to his restaurants? I don't. Oh, if if he didn't play for the Leafs, sorry, if he didn't play for the Leafs, I don't think Wendell Clark would be opening up restaurants and doing you, as well. You just look at. What being a Leaf player is. Mitch Marner is a Red Bull athlete. He is. I don't know if that has anything to do with playing Toronto, but I think, it certainly I think State hurt. Farm as well. He had that commercial with uh, Matt Martin. Yeah, Intact. Or, intact Insurance. Thank you. Man, I'm yeah, so no bad worries. with remember that one. How do it's I... It's a good commercial. Uh, Connor, Connor Carrick has his own coffee brand. or not? He has his own coffee with a local coffee shop in Toronto. Like, being a Leaf player... Grants you a lot of interesting opportunities. Uh, Zach Hyman is an author. I think he was kind of one before. That was that was yeah his own yeah. self doing. It also helps but that he's. It near... helped his sales for sure that he's with playing for the Leafs. Uh, let me think of. I think Cujo Curtis Joseph opened up a car dealership or something. Uh, I remember hearing that about that once. Um, I can we can go off a whole list. 
Darcy Tucker has had sponsorship opportunities. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm trying to think of other other players. There's been so many players throughout the years that have – you don't hear them even when they didn't make a lot of money back then. They're still making mm-hmm. good money now. Yep. Uh, being a hockey player does help. They have their pension, obviously, but uh, I think it's, what, 200 games you play, and that's when your pension kicks in for the NHLPA. So um, these are the – Now it's the, uh, Nassau Coliseum, so that's a trump card. There you go. There you go. So I know there's – I did you see, actually, did you see on Twitter there was a New York bagel shop that said they will give Tavares and his wife <laughs> yeah. bagels every morning – Fresh, if he resigned. There we go, people. Bagels. That's going to bring Tavares back to New York. We got bagels. That should be the slogan of the team now. We've got bagels. <laughs> yeah, that would be a great one. Um, if that if that somehow plays a factor, Lou Lamarolo should be should owe them a favor, not the other way around. They shouldn't be asking Lou for favors. So, um. That's just an Italian thing. Sorry, Godfather, you know. Um, okay, let's go back to the list because this is why people think Tampa is another team because they are another no state, no income tax state. Um, but they have something called a salary cap. They only have $10.5 million of cap space. I don't know who the heck Tampa would have to move to get that. Uh... John Tavares will do the Stamkos thing and sign like a $7 million contract for don't, 25 shut seasons shut or something. Up. No, Stupid. he's not. That's so infuriating he's, that Tampa's like, I understand why they're there because Tampa's an unreal hockey team. Maybe, but, but it also scares other teams God. into realizing we got to pay up, right? Yeah. Um, but I think like a guy like Tyler, like they would have to move a salary to get that done. Um, let's go to. Um, ooh. Sorry, I just looked at the, the the score. Also, puts potential line combos. Do you think Tavares would find Palat and Miller, JT Miller, to be the most appetizing? How's that any different from what he had with the Islanders? Okay, that's sorry. yeah, that's something. That's uh, that's neither here or there. Um, <laughs> the Boston Bruins. They're a team I didn't think about, mainly because. I didn't think they had the cap space because they got two Karras signed to a pretty good deal. Bergeron, Marchand had took a pretty team friendly deal. Uh, they're eventually going to have to pay up, you know, McAvoy and some of their younger players. But it wouldn't. This is the issue. They have Pasternak as well. Do you? I think that David Backett's contract really would limit them unless they buy him out, which I don't know. That's pretty early to be buying out a guy like David Backus. So yeah, I don't know if I like that. This is where Toronto. Yeah, that's something. So before I get to Toronto um, and San, San Jose, because those are the final two, who do you think was the top? Uh, I would go ahead and assume the New York Islanders. No, the Islanders are not even on this list. Oh, not including. Uh, Sorry. Oh, Out of San Jose um, or Toronto, who do you think the score rated as the top team? San Jose, probably. It is. Um, this is uh, who wrote this flip? No, I don't know who wrote this, actually. I didn't see an author tag. I didn't see a byline. Okay. I'm um, just taking a guess. It's not a bad idea. I mean, you, you can honestly throw darts at the wall and say, Who's gonna get the Leafs? Like, or who's gonna get Tavares? Because it's it's a fair argument with whoever's in this yep. crop of teams he's talking to. Because other than I don't, Tampa's gonna have to jump through some hoops to make the cap work. But yeah, like uh, San Jose's throwing money at everybody right now, so that makes are. complete sense to me. But do you think they're they're going? Look, everything about San. This is how they how I'll read the first paragraph of their of their thing here. The market. So they, they break it up into two parts, three parts. The market, potential line combo, and best rating, fit rating. Uh, so they got an 8.5 while the Leafs got an 8. So that tells you how far, like, they're very close. 
Everything about San Jose seems to fit the mold as Severus' town. Aside from the NorCal appeal living in the Bay Area with the Pacific Ocean as his everyday backdrop, Severus could be lured to, lured to the sharks with the promise of living in his relative obscurity. Um, do you think a lot of hockey players care about playing in a town where they're not recognized? Although I still think San Jose Sharks fans will recognize who John Tavares is. I just don't see it. I just don't see how you can make that argument to say, yep, he will not have to go through the same thing. He like, Obviously, Toronto, everybody would recognize John Tavares. But you yeah. don't think that in New York he's not getting it. Maybe I mean, I don't know how it is in New York. I haven't heard many things about it. Th- this is my issue with San Jose. They are built to win now, but who says they're going to be the same team in four years from now? Brent Burns uh, is not young. Yeah. Joe Pavelski the problem is, is not young. They are very old. Logan Couture is not young. Joe Thorne is what, probably, 29? Um, oh, this is a he's up there, 28 or 29. I think Pavelski's he's, over 30. Logan Couture is 29. You were right with that first. Yeah. Um, so, I remember looking it up during the playoffs and being shocked. Yeah, like these these guys are not young, right? Pavelski is 33 years old. Yeah. Um, I, I just don't know how you can say that that situation is better than what Toronto can offer. Austin Matthews, Mitch Marner, William Nylander, Nazem Kadri, Morgan Riley, uh, who else? Travis Dermott. Anderson won't be here the whole contract. I don't think he has, what, f- three more years left? Because he signed a five-year deal. So who knows how that his future will be. That's probably the only question mark. But the Leafs are... I'm not concerned about what the Leafs goaltending will be like after Anderson. It's either going to be a new developed... A guy who they've developed or... As you've, we found out, they can easily trade for goalie and like that. Um, but you compare the two rosters. Let's take away contract for a second and living... Because if you're living in Toronto, you're still living in a great market. He knows Toronto. He's lived here. He's played. He played down the... Well, he played Oshawa. Then he played in London. So he knows how that whole dynamic works. I just, I just don't know how people can say that, that San Jose would have the edge because of it being in California. And what was the other one? And that the roster is appealing. The roster is definitely... I didn't expect them to be a playoff team. I thought their goaltending was garbage throughout the season. But they squeaked in. They beat Anaheim in round one. But they also lost to Vegas in round two. And yes, the Leafs lost in round one to Boston. But they're also a team that was fresh off of losing... Being picking first overall to now two straight seasons of being in the playoffs. I don't know how you can say that definite, definitely San Jose is the better fit. I just don't know how you could say that. Yeah. Uh, that's my. You reason. don't know what he's thinking. That's the thing. We don't know. It's exactly. We're, I we're, could... we're assuming that. He's from Toronto. He wants to play for Toronto. No. No, it's pretty much the opposite. Because you know how much pressure he's going to have on him if, as a Toronto boy playing for his hometown team? The narrative itself is daunting. My argument to that, because I think that's a great point, but I have a great argument to that. When okay. Stamkos was probably thinking about that same exact thing, you don't want to know what the difference between Stamkos and Tavares when Stamkos was looking at the Leafs, the Leafs were having, they had the first overall pick, and that is it. They, he probably did not know that Austin Matthews was going to be the player he is. I don't think anybody could have said Matthews was going to be the player he was until he showed up. Um, they, I don't think they had Frederick Anderson at the time. 
Wait, nope. no. Nope. Uh, no, they traded for him in the offseason. They traded for him in the offseason. I'm trying to remember. Um, Hold on. Um, no, I think... Darn it. Um, he signed with Tampa 1. I have to go back because I don't even know how... Okay. Two, so it was ahead June, of free agency. June 29th, 2016. The Leafs, because I know for a fact, okay, so the Leafs did have Anderson on the 20th. They had him. So my bad. But yeah, no, the the Leafs had Anderson. They would have drafted Austin Matthews. They get him ahead of the draft? They did get him ahead of the draft. Right. That would make sense because then that pick that Pittsburgh had went to um, the Ducks and they got, I think, Sam Steele. I'm sure we'll hear about that eventually when Sam Steele scores against the Leafs. Oh, absolutely. That always I make this about Toronto. Yep, exactly. Um, okay, but I'm gonna. I'm. My point, I think, is still valid. Nobody knew what Austin Matthews was. People thought this was gonna be a slower rebuild, kind of what Stamkos went with with Tampa. They did not expect the Leafs to be. I don't think anybody expected the Leafs to be able to compete close to the level of what Tampa and everybody else was right out of the gate. I think that's kind of what scared Stamkos off. He did not know. Uh, I still think he made the right choice going back to Tampa because you went with what you know. But this is what Tavares probably knows and should know. The Leafs have made the playoffs two straight years. They have pushed to six games against a President Trophy winner in the Capitals, seven games against the Bruins, a far more experienced team, and one that should have been way better. Like, they should have wiped the floor of the least based on how I was hearing about that series. Yeah. But, obviously, there's still the question about defense on the Leafs. I still think that's something that can be addressed. I still think that could be... Improved by playing different. I think it will eventually get better once you see the younger players come up. But if you're looking at San Jose, Toronto, New York, I still think Toronto is built to compete now and down the road. They're what I think the people thought the Blackhawks were back in what? When did the Taves sign their contract? 2000 and... Uh, darn. Okay, let me see. Google is so great. 2014, they signed their eight-year deals. Yeah. That's when people thought the dynasty is here. The Leafs are just beginning this. I think the Blackhawks were kind of in the middle of it when they did those Kane and Taves deals. Yeah. So I that's my thing for the Leafs. I still, and I and I think there's a part of me that still understands. He knows the Islanders. He sees that Lou is in charge and is a more competent manager. Now Jake also remember Jake said, other than he like, he's done good things, but he hasn't. The Leafs still didn't get their defense to where I think it should have been, or could have been. Um. Like he didn't, he didn't fully repair everything in Toronto. He did a great job of setting them up, but it wasn't foolproof. Um, I don't think the same. Like the Islanders, and I said this last week. I don't think the Islanders have the resources that the Leafs have. Um, if Tavares is looking for a, to maximize his performance, um, I think the Leafs have the the tools and all the resources that he'd be looking for. And then he's financially set up. So that's my thing. I don't know if you have any counter arguments to that. I would like to see. No, it sounds good to me. Are you? <laughs> Are we getting a Mama Owens uh, call out? Yeah. Ch- keep keep rambling. I'll be back in one sec. Okay. As Austin deals with. Uh, see, this is the great thing about doing podcasts over Skype. Is that I can go on a rant. Austin may have tried to mute his mic. That's what I recommended him to do. But um Mute it. I'm back. There you go. He is back. Um yeah. 
Um, I don't know what else there is to say about Tavares. I think I've made all the points I need to make. Is there anything you would like to to bring up? No, just sit back and, and we'll watch what happens, basically. That's all I think. <laughs> we can speculate all we want. I mean, he's going to do what he wants to do. So. Um, okay. So. Let's move on to our last part because I'm going to make this a shorter podcast because I don't think we can talk about this as long as I think we need to. Um, I have asked you to pick one player that you would like to trade for or that you think the Leafs could potentially realistically trade for that you would like the Leafs to go after. Who would that person be? Uh, I said Wayne Simmons before we did this. Personally, I really, really like Wayne Simmons. And you and I have talked about it before. He's the perfect strong Maple Leaf. Not just because he's a good old Scarborough boy. Um, it does help. Uh, he's just, he. you want a replacement for JVR that's cheaper, that's the guy. He stands in front of the net, he does everything. He's not afraid to hit people. He can play good defense. That's the guy I think you go after. Now, you said before the podcast that um, Wayne Simmons... They Philly wants to keep him, and they're looking to extend him. I mean, there's probably a deal that could be made. It just depends on what the price would be. Oh, yeah. Um, I think Wayne Simmons is vastly underpaid for what he has done. He had an off year last year. I understand that. But if you're looking at what he's done and what he can do, I think he definitely could fit with the Leafs. His salary is not too bad. I just wonder if the cost... With, I, if it's the right move to make for the Leafs based on what I think their needs are. I don't think they have a winger. They might have a winger in the Marlies that could get into that role. I don't think there's one right now. So maybe that's where they see the fit is that he brings something that some of the other players don't. Um, hard to play against. Good on the power plays, you said. And he's versatile. I would... I would just say, where do you play him? How much does he cost? Um, I mean, you're going to be playing yeah. him on... Like, they use their third line like most teams use their second line. So, I don't think that's an issue. I just think the cost, that's my only concern. Because I think Philly tried to cool it by saying we want to... Um, we want to re-sign him. So, that cools off the, the the fire off those rumors. But let's be real here. Um, Philly has I don't even know really know like Philly's always needed goaltending for the love of God they've always needed goaltending and yet they've always made forwards and defense their priority in drafts or they've never addressed the goaltending thing properly Um, so I think this is just another smokescreen for what's really wrong like Mrazek is not even going to be getting a qualifying offer how sad is that? Yeah, it's something. Eh? So, um, I think that's a solid choice, though. Um, I just, that's my only concern is the price. I've, do you have another one before I give mine? No, that's the main guy I'd like to go after. I mean, defenders are probably going to cost a lot. We know the market for defenders right now, and I'm sure you have a defender in mind. I but do. Yeah, yeah, that's. Okay, so this is this is I got one that I still think could potentially happen. I still think that um sorry, I still think that Jacob Truba his I don't think he's set in stone to return. Unless and I don't know who else I'm just I'm going to look at Winnipeg right now. Winnipeg wants to bring back uh, Peter uh, Paul Stassi. I was about to say Peter Stassi. I almost fell for that one again. <laughs> so many people do that. That would be a, that'd be something. Okay, I'm gonna. I got the Winnipeg Jets up right now. The Winnipeg Jets yeah. n- will have to next year, not this year. Next year, pay Patrick Liney. They're s- so lucky that Mark Shifley and and Ehlers are signed. 
But Blake Wheeler needs a contract next season. Um, Lining needs a new contract next season. Uh, Kyle Connor needs a new contract next season. Um, Roslovic will eventually need one. Um, you say you actually said before the podcast that Roslovic would be a better option to play in a bigger role than to go after Paul Stastny. Paul Stastny. They definitely drafted him to play a big role. He's a first rounder. Yeah, I mean, he, he wouldn't cost. He didn't burn his first year of his contract this year. I don't think. No, he's he's got two. You know, he he did. He has two years until RFA. Oh well. Still, that's two years that you don't have to pay him what you're paying Paul Stasny. Okay. He's very good. Um, Tyler Myers is expiring next season. Maybe maybe the Jets figure Chuba, they, they let Myers walk and Chuba stays on. Uh, ben Sherratt is a, is yeah. a UFA. Um, let's see here. Josh Morrissey is an RFA. They they only have after next season two two defenders signed to a contract, Kulikov and Bufflin. Oh, and guess who else is also an RFA? Connor Hellebuck. Yeah, he's gonna cost them after this season. <laughs> yeah, especially being a Vesna finalist. So, do I think if I'm Truba and if I'm asking for, I would say I want to now what. Went against Truba this year. The injury. He only played 55 games. And he only played 60 the year before. So that two-year bridge deal where he took a chance on himself. In a way backfired. But in a way he still performed. I'm still looking. He's still going to look for. He's not going to do another one or two-year bridge deal. He's going to want the money and the term. Um, and that's where if they don't think he's going to get it, like they don't want to give it to him, that's where if I'm the Leafs, I'm trying to get something done. Um, there's another one. I think this is, oh, and I think Chuba is a very, is a more of a let's see what happens sort of deal. I don't know if you heard this. I And I, I got intrigued by it, but I don't know if it's actually Legit or things gonna happen. Ryan Ellis, uh, he needs a contract. This off, uh, he's gonna be. Darn, I wish a cap friendly would do this a little bit better. <sighs> okay, let me go find Nashville. This is the great thing about podcasts is I can kind of whittle around a bit. Okay, Nashville Predators. Ooh, Ryan Ellis is going to be a UFA. You want to know how much Ryan Ellis is getting paid right now, Austin? Something okay. around four, I would think. Two and a half million dollar cap hit. He is not, and I agree, he is not going to be back at two and a half. Um, Roman Yossi is two years left at four. Wow. No wonder they can afford PK. Jeez. Okay. So this is, I think, where the whole Ryan Ellis thing comes up. He's a UFA. He is 27 years old. The Predators are very, very fortunate that they have defensemen in the works. Um, I'm pretty sure you know who I'm talking about. Uh I think Dante Fabro is their top-rated defensive prospect. If I'm not wrong, you know yeah. you know prospects a lot more than I do. But um, sorry, uh, where's the mouse? There it is. This is what happens when you use two screens. But um, Dante Fabro is still, I think, the crown jewel of their prospects. Uh, Fiala is is moving his way up. Obviously, yeah. uh, he's well. He's not really much of a prospect anymore. He's a he is their NHLer. Tolvanen, Pontus Alberg, um, like they've got so many that let's let's. I think this is where you start to see their defense change. 
why not capitalize on a guy like Ellis? If you think that maybe one of your younger players yeah. is ready to step up. That'd be nice. Um, so he's a guy I think maybe if there's a chance, the Leafs should go after him. And then um, who else? I, I, I'm i trying to think of right-handed defensemen that are capable of playing in a top four role. I, I hate saying a top pairing because top pairing defensemen are not available. Yeah. Unless you're... Well, they're available if you're willing to give up half your team. Or unless you're the uh, Calgary Flames and Carolina Hurricanes that... Man, that trade just came out of nowhere. Yeah, that's pretty funny. And at the draft, I mean, we haven't really talked much on the draft. That is true. Um, Wow, we haven't. We spent <laughs> way too much time. That, that little thing happened on the weekend. Yep. Um, I'll just leave it at that with my Leaf stuff because, yeah. Um, instead of going too in-depth about the draft because time, I don't want to <laughs> – I do have we yeah. do have some things we want to put up on the website. Um, who are your okay? How about this? Give me your overall assessment of how you think the draft went for the Leafs and based on guys they got, how they address everything, and who is a guy that maybe nobody's really talking about with the Leafs yet, but you think either was a steal or a guy that has really good potential. Um, well, I mean, firstly, I mean, we looked at this draft and you got to see what Kyle Dubas was really about with the draft. And we sort of got an idea in 2015 and I wrote a piece on it because that was apparently the draft where he was, he was the interim GM for Dave Nonis, uh, before they brought Lou in a couple months later and he ran the show and he and Hunter worked out a pretty good draft. But since Lou came in, it's sort of been this weird thing where you see some pretty questionable picks in the middle rounds um a la keaton middleton and uh what's his name nicholas matinen who are both like six five defensemen that can't really move the puck that well and they are they've both walked back into the draft i'm not even uh did either of them get taken or middleton was in the draft again i, uh, I i'll have to look that up probably would have heard it probably um so we got an idea of what they were looking for or what his draft would really look like. And he sort of told you, I mean, somebody asked him what would happen with the draft. And he said, we're going to take the best player available. And I think that's what they did as for steals. Um, I'm not going to call Rasmus Sandin a steal. He was definitely got pushed back some picks and was a player. I didn't think would be around at 25, let alone 29, but he was there and thank God for it. Um, and a lot of people were getting upset about Joe Valeno not being picked by the Leafs. Kyle Dubas had to be comfortable with the guy he was picking, and Rasmus Sandin's from Sault Ste. Marie, so it is what it is. Stop crying. I don't think people are. I people were definitely crying draft night. Yeah, oh yeah, that's what I'm talking about. Not now. People are looking actually looked up Rasmus Sandin and stopped stopped crapping their pants over the fact that we didn't get Valeno. Rasmus Sandin is a great defenseman, and he looks like he's going to be a very good defenseman in the NHL. And I've written on him multiple times throughout the season, and it ended up being a guy that the Leafs got, which is nice. Um, I I don't know if you want me to just do a little bit pick-by-pick as well. Sean Dersey's – we we know he's a Toronto boy second year in the draft. He looks like he'd be pretty good. He definitely – he set a career high in points this past season with Owen Sound. The steal of the draft for me – not really a steal because it's not like one of those typical, like Andreas Janssen, uh, Pierre Engvall type guys. Is uh, Semyon Der Argachinsev? Wow, um, that's a mouthful. I talked to you about this earlier because I'm writing a piece just recapping the draft currently. Mm-hmm. And Der Argachinsev is the youngest player in the draft. He was born on the cutoff date for this year's class, so he is 17 years old as opposed to other guys that are 18, 18-ish. Um, so he has a lot of time to sort of grow into his game and his body. He's 5'10", 160-ish pounds. So think of like a Mitch Marner sort of build. Except Mitch Marner was, I think, a little bit taller, like 5'11", 6 foot. But he was about the same weight. You tell me there's people like, smaller than Mitch Marner? Wow. Oh. I, I thought I had seen the draft prospect that looked most like a 10-year-old 
when Mitch Marner was drafted. Look up a photo of Semyon Durgachinsev. Yeah. Oh, you got cut out there for a second. One I said he is the baby face. That is for sure. Okay. Um, he's and he, he has a high pitched voice. He hasn't really. It's just. I think I know where you're getting at here, Austin. <laughs> he's he's adorable, is what I'm trying to say. Okay. But he can also play hockey, so that's all that matters to us. Um, he can do that he, hockey. 17 years old, he was third in scoring on the Peterborough Pete's, who weren't a very good team. But third in scoring at 17 years old is nothing to, I mean, take for granted. He's going to be, there's a chance in, say, two years, he could be one of the better players in the OHL if he keeps going at the rate he is. Because, I mean, Peterborough is only going to get better with their OHL selection picks if he stays with them. And if he proves himself, he's going to get a chance at a Memorial Cup run. Because that's always what happens. If you're a top player, you go to the best teams at the deadline for 45 first-round picks. That will be that will be interesting if he gets moved, or if any team, if any of the other players the Leafs picked up get moved, because yeah. they, they they took a wealth of players from the from the OHL once again. Yep, and they also they they did pretty well with their other picks. I mean, it's not uh, they took two Sioux Greyhounds. They took Mac Hollowell, who I think I read was at their development camp. And actually broke his leg blocking a shot. So that's a rough break. He's he's small. He's five nine on defense. So he's a he's a smaller body. But I don't even uh, know how I don't even know how he missed it. But what's his name? Jersey was also at development camp last year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so not not bad. Um, Durgachinsev is going to be at the development camp, I believe. I read, which is pretty. Neat. I don't think all of these guys are going to be here unless I skimmed over. Uh, Sandine will be there, Jersey, and the Durgachinsev, I believe I saw for sure. And Zach Boutillier, who's the seventh rounder, is going to be there in net. Um, don't know a lot about Pontus Holmberg. I still have to do some research. Semyon Kizimov is the classic Leafs late-round Russia pick. Um, <laughs> Philip Kroll is the guy that I've heard a lot about and a lot of good things about. Uh, it seems like he could really become something. Maybe not. We're not talking top pairing defenseman, I don't think, unless he really breaks out. But... Serviceable defenseman. Yeah, he's going to be a reliable player. He's another guy that's hanging around six feet, so pretty much typical of what Kyle Dubas has been doing. Um, yeah, and oh, sorry, I missed Riley Stotts, who's their third rounder, and he, uh, I think a lot of people were saying he sort of projects as a bottom pairing guy. But he's got wheels. He can he can fly down the ice, and he's got another year or two in junior still. So all these guys are still waiting to grow. I mean, it's hard to you. We were saying there's no point in grading this Leaf class because you never know who's going to pan out. You see Connor Brown, you see John, you see Janssen. You never know if one of these guys is going to turn into something. So there's no point in grading how they did. But for a Dubas draft, I'd say there's a lot of guys that. Uh, sound like they could become something, and a couple of guys we're not too sure on yet. Well, and you said, and I remember you were pretty adamant about how many guys they took that were considered overagers. Yes, uh, that was another thing that was odd, but I mean, Dursey was the high overager, or the highest overager taken. Um, and I believe Hollowell was an overager, and I think Crawl was an overager, but I could be wrong. Um, but I mean, if the player's good, it doesn't really matter how old they are or what draft you hear it is. It's just, <laughs> it's if it's sort of that mindset where, like, if a team passes over them the first time, then why are we taking a chance? But Sean Dursey could come in and be a stud with the Marlies, and, it, and I'd be completely fine with that. So, yeah, it's if they turn out, I don't care what year they were drafted in or how many people skipped over them. If they work out for your team, then sure, give it, give it rather. <laughs> Giver, yes, that's uh, I, I, I mean, I was uh, keeping tabs obviously on the draft. Um, the Leafs, I got to watch all of day two, I'll say that I missed yeah. day one, but I caught all the other Leaf picks. It's just clear that while they were picking their top, let's say top rate of their players that they had on their board, they also addressed need, which was the center and defense. Because the last I say two drafts before, defense and wing were the the uh priority or the the focus so i think this year 
they decided we don't have many centers in the pipeline. Let's let's try to make that a bit of a priority. And so, yeah, um, yeah I, I One, the good I, thing with Sandine, and sorry, I don't mean to cut yeah, you off, no, is ahead. that they have the option like Timothy Liljegren, if Liljegren, excuse me. I'm still because I've heard Todd Crocker say it differently on broadcast, so now I'm back up in limbo on how to say his name. Liljegren. It's like. It's like this time last year when we were all trying to figure out how to pronounce it. Now I'm not sure again. <laughs> we I'm gonna go with sure. I'm gonna go with Lily again. Yeah, I think that's how I heard it too. So, um, but they have the same option um, with Sandine, which is cool. They he's signed in the SHL for another year with uh, Rogla. He's also on loan, so uh, he he, was he can go loan. anywhere he wants. He could. Which is hilarious. Well, Kyle Dube is kind of hinted that yeah, he kind of put it to bed sue yeah uh, maybe that was just in the moment um maybe but it how... was up it was up in the air with Lilligren too because he was he was still under contract with them i believe yeah but his 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 uh was either sweden or the marlies there was no chance yeah. of juniors uh, yeah because he wasn't even drafted exactly so um, I would I wouldn't be surprised if Sweden is where he goes, at least for this year or this upcoming if, year. It's not a bad idea as long as they can guarantee him that he's going to actually play, because that was the reason he came over to the OHL in the first place. Is he played five games and then was a healthy scratch for a guy that came back off injury. And I still think like it it could almost be like what happened with Nylander, right? So yeah. why not play him half a season and then go for it. And look, if the Marlies are a realistic shot, we see how it's worked with Lilligren. We've seen how it's worked with other draft picks, especially with a guy like Dermot. I wouldn't yep. be opposed to that idea. It all depends on how development camp goes and how training camp goes. Um, he'll be a guy to watch, I think, once you see once development camp happens this week and you have um, the rookie tournament. That's where. Yep guy gets yep. his first at least unlike Lilligren he won't I don't think he'll feel as underwhelmed overwhelmed sorry overwhelmed with yeah how Lilligren had it was not a great first impression but he seemed to rebound sure. nicely so mm. um other than that I I think you're right in saying that we have no idea how it's going to play out in terms I'm, of the draft, we won't know until... You have no least. idea, but there are certainly some guys that I am looking forward to seeing at development camp and the, over the next season. Yeah. And look... Because there are certainly some interesting names. What draft were we talking about this past season when it comes with the Marlies? The 2015 draft. Yeah, it takes some time. It takes th- two, three, four years. Yep. And this is a clear example of how... So we'll we'll reconvene back oh. in 2020, 2021 and have those conversations. We're also Jersey can also play in the AHL as well. I forgot to yeah. mention that. Well, he's an overage because he's right? nineteen. So, yeah. Um, either there or in good old St. John's with the Growlers, right? Is that yep, the name? You can do pretty much anything. Yep. So uh, the Newfoundland Growlers. Newfoundland Growlers. Sorry, I, I that was my bad. Especially no, but, my, my back math. Is I like, went to go for all good, no worries at the same time, and that's just here we are. <laughs> I think this is obviously a great uh, point to end on this great talk before we really screw things up. Uh, yeah, uh, just check out our latest stuff on tipofthetower.com. We will have some more. Uh, I will have something up on the Ricky Ray situation. Uh, very, very scary hit on Saturday. Uh, as of right now, the team says he's back at home, but is expected to miss a lot of time. That doesn't surprise me one bit. Um, Austin, you've got some stuff. The draft recap. Up and the draft. Uh, oh, I'm doing a piece on uh, David Levin, who the Leafs invited to uh, development camp. Former uh, OHL first overall pick in the priority selection, and the Leafs have him coming to their development camp, so let's see what happens there. Yep, and we still have. Uh, all the stuff on the Leafs business that they took care of on Monday, which was the restricted free agents development camp. And we've got to keep our eyes on, on the Raptors and obviously the Blue Jays because they're so Blue Jays. It's going to be a big month. Uh, they're currently beating the Houston Astros. And as I say that, they'll probably give it up somehow. 
But how about uh, Joe B. Genie striking out Kurt, uh, who was Altuve? Called third strike. Wow. So nice. Let's uh, the Genie still has something. Oh, yeah. Austin, I okay. Before I forget, I remember the player that I wanted the Leafs to go after. I didn't think. <laughs> I forgot this article by Michael Russo, who's really dialed into the Minnesota hockey world. The Minnesota Wild have asked for uh, no trades from. Where is he? Jason Zucker, Nino Rinar, Charlie Coyle are three uh, fours who have been linked to being mo- potentially moved, but Jared Spurgeon, defenseman. If he's available, I can't see how the Leafs don't take a flyer on that. Yeah. Unless he's, unless Leafs are one of the ten teams he said no to. But Spurgeon yeah. is twenty-eight. He was their top pair right defenseman that should ring as many bells. Two years left yeah. at five point one eight seven five million. Yeah. So he's a guy that's rumored to be out there. Leafs, uh, I would check in on that. So uh, yep. that is all I have left. Sorry, I left that to the end. Hopefully, <clears throat> people will stay to the end to listen to to listen to that. Uh, you can check us out on tipofthetower.com for all of our latest. Uh, look on Twitter and Facebook. Austin on his Twitter account underscore Austin Owens. <laughs> Got to do yes. that. Um, we are trying to get some uh, guests in the summer. Uh, hopefully. Once things kind of die down, we can have some guests in. Uh, I have, I have two in mind. Austin has one in mind. Uh, we will I'll see. Work on a couple. We'll we'll see, s- we'll see if we can. Uh, it's the time where the where everybody's just like, ah, oh, let's take a little bit of a break until someone like us comes poking yeah. around asking for something. So, we'll we'll try to keep it going. Uh, if it's not going to be every week, it'll at least be once every other week for the podcast uh, once free agency is done. So uh, just a programming note on that one, just based on how much news there is to go around. So just keep up with that. Hopefully free agency has something great to talk about with the Leafs. Um, yeah. By this time next week, John Tavares could be a member of the Toronto Maple Leafs. <laughs>